What's up, people? Welcome back to another episode of Kickoff Sessions Podcast, hosted by me, Darren Lee. And on this episode, I have a very special guest. It is Gary Fox, who is host of the Entrepreneur Experiment Podcast. He is also founder of Host Butlers. And we have a good conversation about creating content, digital marketing, growing a brand, and really just how to differentiate yourself as a podcaster, as a business owner, as a startup, as pretty much everything on the internet. Gary's podcast, The Entrepreneur Experiment, is really cool. It's another Dublin-based, Irish-owned podcast, like myself. He focuses on entrepreneurs' journeys, and he's had some fantastic guests on over the last year, two years. And he's two years into his journey, and he's learned so much during that. As well as in host butlers, he's been doing this for like over five years. So he's had a company in Dublin and he knows the full end to end spectrum of how to grow a brand, how to build that online presence and create valuable content online. It seemed like a perfect fit for me and Gary to sit down and just chat about all things brand related. We really just kind of sat down, had a good chill conversation about what are the main components of growing a brand? How do you market a product? How do you differentiate yourself? what it is you need to do to really stand out in a really crowded space on the internet looking at some of like the competitors in terms of like how people differentiate different products when you look at brands like even like Gymshark for example they've grown you know monumental sizes over the last couple of years and we dug into some of their methodologies how they did this why they did this and the benefits in this you know and even for someone like myself who is pretty shit at marketing all things considered this was really helpful and again i'd like to say a massive thank you to gary as well for this before we get going if you could drop me a follow on spotify it would be great to keep that traction going you know keep that momentum building over the next couple of weeks if you could share the episode on instagram share the episode on linkedin that would also be pretty cool but uh i'll leave it up to gary to be the expert of the day to give us a really good drill down analysis of building a brand as a whole so without any further ado here is my conversation with gary fox gary it's an absolute pleasure man how are you doing i am good it's a pleasure to be on i was just saying i love being on podcasts because the pressure is just way lower <laughs> yeah the the shoes on the other foot now at the moment but yeah basically the idea for today is chat about how to grow like an online presence like gary you have your own podcast which you've been doing it for almost two years now you've your own mm. company so you know the ins and outs of the importance of growing a company online marketing building a brand social media strategy and what's funny in all this is I know very little about this and so does many other people. So like a background story to like my own like marketing areas, like I always knew like starting something online, you needed to have good content and things like this. But marketing and growing a company or growing a brand, doesn't matter if it's podcasting or a company, is so difficult. Isn't it? It's like a art and a science all wrapped up in one and it's so different. Yeah. That, that was a real like hit in the face for me, you know. And like, how did you find that when you just started? Yeah, it's funny. We were talking just a bit off air in terms of two years, been a short time, but it's now a very long time. I'm nearly six years doing host butlers now. And like everything has changed in that time. I started off and I was always kind of tuned into the content side. I think I started doing, listen to this for like a retro throwback, a blog a blog on the host butler site because i was like you know what seo is going to be important here um what can i do on a small marketing budget well decent enough writer 
has just started putting together. And at the time, it was the time when Love and Dublin was flying, Joe was flying, listicle articles were the thing. Like seven, the seven best Airbnbs in Ireland, the six Airbnbs with a pool, you know, seven pet friendly Airbnbs. They were like, they were the thing. I started doing them and started getting really good traction. I was like, this is good. And I just, I literally right went out during a lunch break and started going, okay, this is good. Social was still a bit hit and miss. I found, even now, I find social very noisy, very noisy. And I think it's very easy to get lost on Instagram and to think, oh, I'm really busy and you're posting away on Instagram three times a day and it's bringing zero business. And that's the connect. The big connect is where in the funnel are you? Exactly. But I, I feel with something like, like LinkedIn is that it's just so disconnected from, let's say, podcasting or any sort of thing that's not like necessarily like cosmetic based or something. I don't know. I feel like Instagram is just like for abs. And I just feel like that if you're going to try to draw something else, it's very difficult sometimes to get traction because yeah. there's so much stuff there mm. that how do you differentiate yourself if you're a clothes brand, if you're, if you're anything, you know. It's very it, noisy. The, exactly, very, very. exactly, exactly, exactly how did you like what was your approach towards marketing as a whole so so when you got into it or even the idea of content creation so when you're picking a brand or picking a market what was your step towards that so as a differentiator yeah so it's kind of funny because i started off with social media ads i started off with facebook ads and i think we actually might have done some twitter ads random enough back in the day because they i was like oh just try these try facebook ads and use like a 5k limit because i was trying to target everyone around the rds because it was time the web summit went back when that was here and i was just trying to target airbnb hosts around the rds so i just threw the 5k limit around it and that worked a little as in like we got one or two clients off it but in terms of actual customer acquisition, it was fine. But like we were a brand new business as well. So no one knew us. So I started doing a few different things. Like it's like anything you have to try. You have to pull all the levers and go along and go. But you also need to then chart the results. You can't just be like pulling 10 levers, 100 euro here, 100 euro here, because it gets expensive real fast. I think a lot of people do that as in set up the ad campaign. Brilliant. Off we go. Oh, look, they're running come back in two days and they're like oh we spent our budget now okay what came out of it they don't tie the loop together because you have to be going okay we spent a hundred dollars euro whatever and we got six leads out of it and of those leads one converted and then well what's the value of that lead over the lifetime how long are they going to stay with you they're going to stay with you months a year so you have to know your product you have to know what the value of a customer is. Then you have to tie it all together going, okay, a little bit more of that, a little bit less of this. For me, I started that and very soon switched off because A, it was was really expensive. And B, we started getting word of mouth traction, which was gold. We started just getting referred on from people. And that's, that's the best kind of marketing because literally that sells itself. You do not need to sell if someone is selling for you. And that's the best that's always how I'll try build my businesses is that you, you do a good job to a really good standard, treat people well, and then they'll happily sell for you. You don't need a big sales team then. That's obviously not scalable depending on what you're selling. But I did that and then we started getting more referrals and then I tried events. So I put on free events for hosts. So obviously I was targeting Airbnb hosts. So I had a lovely niche to target. I knew exactly who I was targeting. I knew what they were doing. I knew what they were into. So I started doing free 
events for Airbnb hosts and that got me signups. And then slowly we started getting a bit of press coverage. And as soon as we got press coverage, this is going to be totally against the skew of what a lot of your listeners are used to. You know, they're used to like Facebook ads, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Yeah. Traditional media is unbelievably powerful still. Even to this day, really? depending on who Even your customer is. Exactly. But there's a big caveat to this, so be careful, depending on who your customer is. And that also brings me to the point of you have to know exactly who your customer is. I thought, oh, my customers are like tech savvy, trendy young people. I don't know why I thought this. Like, how many tech savvy, trendy young people do you know that are property moguls or two and three properties? None. <laughs> you know, we're all trying to make it. We're still on the way up. My customer was actually someone 40 plus professional careers has one to two, possibly even three properties. That's who my customer was. And they read the Irish Times, the Business Post, listen to the radio and consume traditional media. As soon as I hit on traditional media, it was like a rocket ship. Literally, we got a feature in the Irish Times. And as soon as that, it was like the old cliche, the phone started ringing. Genuinely, I went down to the local shop, picked it up, it's like, oh my God, we actually have a full page spread. And luck comes into it as well. Do you know what I mean? Luck can play a part. You get intro to the right person at the right time. They find your story cool. And you just get a slice of luck. We got a massive slice of luck. Went into the shop, looked down on the front page of the Irish Times in the masthead. There was three, three little boxes with three major stories, something, something, Airbnb hosting on the front page. And then it was a full page in the business section. When you're looking at that and you were thinking, you were thinking, let's say, traditional media versus online social media, are, do you think people are putting too much time into online marketing and looking at, let's say, Google ads and things that look like they don't get the same amount of return? Because when you're looking at, let's say, your 5K radius, which most people wouldn't do, they try to serve the masses, which yeah. often in marketing is not a good strategy because the further you go afield, the less narrow your scope is. So like, what's your thoughts on when people try like run Facebook ads and run Instagram ads in a very competitive space? It's tough. Tough. You want to have a lot of money. If you're going to go down that route, make sure you're well-funded or make sure you're willing to throw a lot of money at it. Look, the strategy I'm talking about is very unique to my business. And that's also something I would say to people is like, your unique business is unique to you. You need to figure out what's going to work for you because what worked, me and you might have the same business. It mightn't even have the same results, even if we're in the same industry. You have to tweak and you have to experiment. That's the whole entrepreneur experiment thing. That's what I'm all about. You have to be running these tiny experiments all the time because you don't know what you don't know. And, and that's what I realized when I started. I was like, oh, I thought this, it's actually completely different. I thought that completely wrong and you have to be willing to be wrong and not going to go no it's going to work it's going to work it's going to work i've seen friends of mine do that head down just this is the way we're doing it this is the right way not listening to data not listening to you know this the signals they're getting from the market and look at the end of the day whatever you're doing it has to be driving sales that's the end of the day and i think people get caught up in the sexiness of it because it's cool to have an instagram following and it's kind of cool to have tiktok and it's cool to have this deadly it is but what's cooler than that is money and like from your perspective like so you have this like you've learned 
this now you know you went through it yeah. but when you were in the middle of it let's say like like myself because like, we're on kind of the opposite end of the spectrum you're kind of well established in terms of podcasting you know you've got your setup you've got a good strategy and you're going through it but when you were going when you were like say at my stage or someone's growing an online business it could be just an e-commerce store because it's it's sim- similar premises like how were you keeping your head up to the different opportunities instead of running one of them dry for like a month or two months or three months like myself i'd find it slightly more difficult to just completely release an area that i was working on let's say i get in some sort of traction a couple mm-hmm. of in thousand engagements on linkedin or whatever but now you're telling me to do this completely different thing how did you really detach from being married to one idea and then having the flexibility to be like okay you know what i'm gonna go down this side instead yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Um and it's different I think. We can chat about the podcast as well, but it's very different with the podcast this time because it's a whole different not essentially selling something. I'm creating a product and a brand, giving something out to people. So it's it's slightly different. To answer your question about wholesalers and the business, it was very easy to then recalibrate my focus towards traditional media because it was working. And it was working really well. I like the reaction from being in the paper was the phone just rang and rang and rang and rang. And for four or five years, we would get people. And here's the probably the biggest tip. Here's your, here's your soundbite for the first, for the first <laughs> half of the podcast. <laughs> I hold you to it. Ask every single customer where they heard about you. Because mm. no one does this. And it's so obvious. Where did you hear about us? And then do more of that. It's so simple. But how many times have you been asked whenever you bought something, where did you hear about us? Physically ask them over the phone going, oh, brilliant. Yeah, excellent. We can sort you out. Quick question. Where did you hear about us? And the amount of times I'd say every third customer or even every second customer would go, oh, I read about you in the paper. Mm. This was one paper years ago. But people would then, coming back to the old SEO, People would search Airbnb Management Dublin. Of course, what's going to rank better than anyone is an established media source. That would be up second or third every single time. For the first year anyway, we eventually got above it. But, you know, all that stuff feeds into your brand because there's something, it's grand me telling you going, oh, look, we have a great business. Oh, you know, definitely trust us. That's okay to a point, but you're selling. If I talk about your business to someone else, instant credibility there because they're like, oh, well, I know Gary. I trust Gary and he trusts Darren. Social proof. It's so powerful. Literally. So bloody powerful that it cannot be understated. Mm. And you see really clever brands now using that. And like brand ambassadors, influencers, it works. It's so common because it works. That's the simple (laughs) aspect. And it's even more powerful if it's a friend, if your friend is recommending you to me, it's it's worth any acquisition strategy. And I, I completely agree. I think obviously when you're building a brand, which I'd like to talk to obviously in a lot of detail and you're growing that kind of like, let's it's social proof. People are aware of your brand and things like this. One kind of question I have is where do you draw the line between bullshit social proof and real mm-hmm. social proof? Like yeah. we all know the brands that are trying to get, well, we don't know, we don't know them explicitly, but you will come across a brand on Instagram 100k followers or whatever we all know there's something shady here Mm. but even even like give you an example i had an e-commerce store in like 2016 2017 and 
there was a tool you could use on Shopify to import reviews from AliExpress. Mm-hmm. You can also remove anything that's not a five-star review. So you mm-hmm. could come onto my store, Darren Lee Limited, and I could never sell a product. Uh, sorry, I could never sell an item, but I can still list hundreds of five-star reviews mm-hmm. on my website. And this is completely illegal, as in it's, it, the, the tool is there. If the tool is there and it's, it's registered to Shopify, they're allowed to do things like that. So kind of my question is like, you know, where do you, like, how do you build kind of like super fans in that way mm. so that it's actually bulletproof? It takes time. It takes a long time because people's, you said it there yourself perfectly. People's bullshit radar is so high. I guarantee I could send you three sites and you can go on and go rubbish, drop shipper, actual yeah. brand. And what yeah. we're doing here, this this storytelling, this long form content, this is going to be the difference. Mm-hmm. This storytelling around your brand. I had this conversation with someone earlier today. I think businesses, the majority of good businesses are going to have a media arm. It's not going to be just social media. It's going to, They're going to have a whole media arm. Videographers, podcasters, they'll have their own studio. Any like Look at Gymshark, perfect example just built this massive new headquarters in Birmingham. And so much of it is content creation, podcast studios, video studios, photo shoot studios, creative spaces. People can come and use it. That's going to be the difference. It's in like, well, every day this brand is creating content and you get to know people and you get to know the people behind the brand. Like the owner, Gymshark, has his own podcast, has his own YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And you see his house and you see his life and you kind of, you forge these connections. And I think that's going to be the difference between good brands, standard run of the mill. Yeah. You go in and you buy it and wherever, or great brands, because it'll be story. It'll be driven by story. It'll be driven by personality. And there'll be a lot more richness around it because I used to always used to do something really simple because I was the Airbnb space did attract a lot of kind of fly by night people who just to see what you're doing, pop up and think it was great and just try rival you. I'd always put my photo on the website. I put my phone number and our address. Mm-hmm. Limited company number. I'd put as much information as I could out there. Cause I'm like, we are a proper company. We are limited. We're insured. We pair of that. We employ people. You know, because there was loads of people that kind of come in and they'd be doing a little bit of cash in hand over here, a little bit of cash in hand over there. You have to have that integrity. And I think that's how you separate yourself. You separate yourself by being real and being genuine and being transparent and being honest. Because look, 10 minutes on the internet, Googling someone, you can figure out if they're the real deal or not. Yeah. And it's it's so transparent as well, especially now you can just tell like someone's approach or someone's real kind of motive really quickly and i think that's why something like podcasting is really interesting because like we all know you're not getting paid from podcasting for like a year year and a half you know what i mean and we and there's a big like thing of people being able to discover people who are not interested in what they're doing you know that's why it's so important to pick a niche same Mm. with an e-commerce store pick a niche that you actually are genuinely interested you don't have to be like essentially married to the thing you know (laughs) i wish i was really interested in a a specific topic but i think having like some sort of like interest in in something is way more profitable literally profitable than trying to get into something to make money it never works Mm. it might work briefly it might work kind of like you know for a year or two might make a few quid but you'll just lose interest you know, yeah. you'll just be like, oh God, I have to go into this now. 
all day, every day. I think imagine doing something you hated for 10 hours every single day. You know, there's loads of ways to make money in the world. Um, and I think people have kind of realized that. Look, we all need a job. We all have, you know, bills to pay. But you have to kind of marry the two because I think otherwise you just, everything is just so short term then. Yeah. Well, what was big happening to me, like, is, you know, as I mentioned before we started, I came out of college like two years ago. I kind of fell into something that I just really didn't enjoy. Like, it just kind of happened, fell into something and I was just doing something that I was really was interested in. And I remember just thinking similar after this was like, do I want to be doing this all of the time? I could be making money. I could be making decent enough cash. But like, this is just unfleet. It's literally unfleet. I'm getting no actual benefit from it personally. And then it's about time of getting on their correct measure. You know what I mean? And then going and trying to find what you enjoy. And if you're doing that in a public context and you're doing something that you have no interest in whatsoever, well, then mm. nothing's going to grow, you know? Yeah. So like when you, when you were looking at, like, so I think Gymshark is a great example and it's built and it's really, really good. But if you're trying to grow a brand from the startup, how do you, how do you kind of take it from the, the bottom and grow it? without throwing it down someone's throat because we all even myself <laughs> when i when i'm starting something now sometimes i feel like i'm like fuck man how many times am i posting and how has yeah. this been reciprocated you know it's it's a really tough one to know um because yeah i look out the same query like i was the same literally trying to make up some social content there before you hopped on the call which and i'm like i wonder what the right amount of posting is like how much do people want to know because back to the earlier point of like people it's so noisy now that you have to post a good bit otherwise people are like because i was doing podcasts for ages and then people are like you're doing a podcast I'm like <laughs> have you not been listening <laughs> like so it, it, it's a really tricky one I, for me i've kind of settled on look you're going to be doing this for a very long time just be consistent and be consistent in what you're doing be consistent in what you're saying don't overdo it. Like don't spam the life out of people, you know, avoid kind of quick hit stuff, you know, avoid stuff that's just topical for a day. You know, everyone is jumping all over up and down every week now, about something else, there's some new scandal or there's some new, you know, fad. Try to do content and do marketing. That's kind of going to stand up over time. So that if you found it over like three months later, it'd still be going, well, that's an interesting story because I'm lazy. I don't want to be putting out content that's, that's good for a day and then useless because I don't want to be like having to go back in two days later and go, oh, I better re regurgitate something else out now because it's just shallow like, and it's pointless. Like The world is enough noise. Um, so I try to focus on content that's kind of evergreen that does last over time. So there's do people that I don't have to spam it out over a day. I'm not posting 27 times in a day just to get people to click on the link just so they might listen to it. Because in the end, I want to build a brand, no matter what I'm doing, this goes the same for the podcast or companies or whatever it is, just do it consistently over time and over time. And like, this is not the sexy answer. There's no like post four times a day on TikTok before one o'clock and we'll grow. Like, like we're, we're all mad to find those strategies. And like there are little hacks that some people do. Like when I started off, LinkedIn was just unbelievably organic. Like my God, you put something up there and bang like 100 likes, 20,000 views on the video. My God, I thought I was just a creative genius. I was like, geez, this podcast is going to go to the moon. But everything tweaks over time. Everything kind of like now they've choked it off. So you know, you've 
practically zero organic reach on LinkedIn. So you have to be just consistent and not getting too high or too low. And, and you're making sure your messages spread across like a lot of platforms. So I've like the podcast. Now I've started to put it on YouTube. Now I've started writing a newsletter every Monday. So trying to just slowly hit people across all the different mediums because it takes a long time for people to kind of understand your message and kind of go, oh, that's decent. I'll give it a go, especially when you're trying to hook someone into something like a podcast. That's exactly, I completely agree. Completely agree. Especially like on the content side, not getting quick fix and quick hits off things. And to be fair, like, I could be, you know, vulnerable to this at times, of course, because everyone is, it's easy to pick, mm-hmm. you know, Elon Musk putting 1.5 billion into Bitcoin and making and that a video I, on it. That I can't stop, <laughs> No, but you know, you, know, you know what I mean though, as in like, that, that's, the, that's the obvious answer, but creating evergreen content is always the, the goal. Like a perfect example is uh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is creating stuff five years ago that's relevant today and he said that's the whole purpose he said if he creates a, an article or a, or a podcast it's to this day getting thousands of downloads yeah and that's that's like the, the model you're going to work off and something that i want to work i see for me like obviously like i'm working a full-time job and i'm trying to like balance that with podcasting so between the two man like it's it's hard to it's hard to you know try to effectively manage my time so i'm like focusing on the right things so i'm trying yeah. to focus on like you know should it be linkedin should it be instagram but it's funny when you say that about like the algorithms and linkedin like i remember one of my couple of first posts would get like eight and a half thousand views or nine thousand views and then all of a sudden the algos just change they just work against you and you end up getting like 800 views and you're like what the fuck happened and that can same with instagram you know i think the biggest thing is just to focus you touch on there yourself focus on the right things the only thing that matters is doing the pod, realistically. Yeah. That's it. Like, if I did nothing all week, like, and I, it's something that's on my mind a lot now because I'm trying to create like processes and repeatable systems that I can do. It's fine now when we're all work from home and like my studio is in my, in my house. So there's no real excuse not to turn them out. But I'm thinking, right, okay, hopefully very soon, you know, six months' time, we're all back ish in the world. You know, I'm not going to be sitting in my, in my house for eight to 10 hours a day. It's just not going to be happening. So I'm just very conscious of, and the same for yourself, I think that'd be the bit of advice I'd give you is just make sure what you're doing is sustainable so that whether it's one episode a week, just do one really good episode a week, or whether it's just having systems in place going, okay, I'm going to record for six weeks. I'm going to batch everything together and then release them over 12 weeks or something like that, because that's what I'm looking at now. I'm trying to batch everything quickly. And then I have my weekly pod on a Monday, which I do, which is kind of, kind of more topical, more ever, more quick stuff that I can put out quite quickly. So I'm just trying to find something that's consistent. The only thing that matters to me though, is doing the pod, getting that out every week, everything else. Like I don't need, I didn't even catch up on the social posts on the Instagram mm-hmm. site because I'm like, oh, just, just get the pod out, get, get yeah, a good quality pod out. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And like, that's, that's the whole idea and content creation is just like being able to hit the right parameters along the way and making sure you stick to what you want to do in terms of like, let's say you're, you have an e-commerce store or you've any sort of online business and you're trying to create content over the longer period. So let's say it's marketing content and mm-hmm. you're trying to plan ahead. So like you may be aware of like a podcast and the general idea would be like plan four weeks ahead. So you're four weeks ahead of episodes. And that's generally what I try to do. You know, I'd be up for like, just in case things get crazy with work or whatever yeah. happens. Um, but for companies, who are trying to repurpose content it could be videos it could be clips 
Like, what would be your approach to trying to slice and dice what you have, make it not repetitive, make it not boring, not mundane, and th- distribute it? Mm, it's hard for companies because company stuff is boring as hell. Shit. Company pull out absolute <laughs> garbage, and you're just like, oh god, I couldn't be bothered following <laughs> your commercial account. I'd rather follow the founder or the head of marketing or. I'd rather follow someone behind the brand as opposed to like, did you know we now have only 109 calories? And you're like, I don't care. Don't yeah. care. I'll see that somewhere else. You know, so it's very hard, I think, for brands. Um, it depends on what space you're in as well. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's very difficult. But I think brands are slowly catching on to this. They're kind of taking a lot of the stuff more back in-house, you know, taking them away from agencies, which can be a little bit generic. Um I kind of touched on earlier. I think I give the answer earlier in terms of, I think companies will need to have their own little media set up in house because mm-hmm. I think content can't be something that's we're doing content today. And then that's our content day for like a month, because then if something happens or that, you know, it goes stale real fast and you have to be just so careful. It's terrifying at the minute because there's such a cancel culture, especially towards companies and especially towards, you know, anyone does anything wrong or even perceived to be wrong or the tone is wrong or, mm. you know, like look at Robin Hood, like last week, years of work, gone in smoke because I was just trying to, I was listening to the background on it today and it seems like the squeeze was put on them from the regulators higher up. So they actually had to choke it down. But the story's out there. You know, the story is already gone and stories out there all Robin Hood smashing the small guy that's so tough, you know, but maybe if that had a content strategy the whole way along, like even the CEO was on Clubhouse and Elon Musk just tore him apart. It was hard to listen to (laughs) because he started off with this stereotypical, generic, insert quote, CEO going, oh yeah, good question, Elon. Let me just give you a bit of background. He's like, no, no, I don't want the background. Don't need the background. Stop telling me, stop, stop. And that's going to get more common. You know what I mean? No one wants to listen to, here we go. Here's the corporate message of, well, you know, we started off four years ago and we've strived to get to this point. Boring. Like no one cares. Tell us what happened last week. Why did you go down? What was the story? You know, and instantly that story is, is out there. And if once it's out there, it's out there. It's terrifying. But if you have a backlog of stuff of every week, they've been putting out content, engaging with their users, the users will then go in and go, actually, no, they're, they're good dudes. You know, this isn't, this is misconstrued, you know? So companies is a tough one. I don't have the answer. I think the answer will be media firms within their own companies. Again, you have to have a certain level of size. If you're a one man band, I think you do have to be doing content on some platform. Even if you're doing it on one platform, I see a lot of um, young kind of e-commerce heads on TikTok now doing the background stuff, the behind the scenes stuff. I love that absolutely love i'm addicted to watching behind the scenes videos on like youtube tiktok instagram seeing like even nerdy stuff like this is the warehouse this is how the shipping works i'm like oh telling me more i'm in you know and then i'm instantly more drawn into the company so i think that's kind of the answer pick maybe one platform post honestly on it like less kind of photoshopped generic product shots of your can of beans and more story about who's working there yeah, I think uh, exactly like you said. Have you ever heard of a company called True Vintage? No. They just pretty much do all like vintage style clothes back in like, in like 90s, early 2000 clothes. 
Um, weird story. I actually met the guy that owned it, uh, owns company. A couple, I think your video's gone. I've got it, yeah. I've got it. It's it's good, yeah. No worries. Uh, so I met, I met the guy that started the company years and years ago. He started from like his, uh, started from like his bedroom, just selling like vintage clothes on eBay. But the guy has like built the entire company around again, like engagement with his audience. So they have TikTok videos of them sourcing the clothes, getting it sent in from all around the world because like they're all like vintage pieces, they're all like very niche particular stuff. Then he will do like pop up stores and he'll go to the stores, meet the people, people just just average people like. But they, he's built like this like super fan base which I think is just so overlooked. You know what I mean? And people are trying to serve the masses. People get so caught up with the numbers. And even, even if you look at sp- uh, podcasting uh, sponsorships, they're looking like, oh, you need to have like 500 downloads per episode or whatever. When in reality, you could have 500 downloads and no one could be interested. Whereas you could yeah. have a hundred super fans. I hate that term, but that's what it, what it is. And that's all that really matters. Same with a product. You can survive off a thousand people that really enjoy your product. Yeah. No, you're right. And it depends what you're building as well. Obviously, these are all caveats to, mm. it depends what you're building. There's no one answer to everyone. So I think that's what people need to realize as well, is that there's no one size fits all for anything, mm. especially content. It has to be unique to yourself because there's only one version of you. That's why it's so interesting because that's one thing I struggled with, well, I do struggle with in terms of podcasting is because like when it comes to, let's say, a product and you're selling, let's say, a drop shipping model, you know that you need to get the supply chain correct you need to get delivery correct. You need to get the, the dimensions correct of your product. And then you need to get to the, to the, to the guy. But when it's marketing, it's like, it, or, or trying to grow something, it's like, we have no idea at any time is this actually working. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're trying to get the retention and you're like, okay, it's I'm getting engagement. It's improving and it's getting better. But I think it's only when you're looking back on the numbers, you're like, okay, that actually did work. You can drive yourself mad as well. You can drive yourself absolutely up the walls, staring at them all day, every day, going, how many downloads an hour? How many in an hour? How many in an hour? And how many you sales? How many, you know? You know, yeah, you have, to, you have to switch it off as well. You have to be able to go, okay, I'm trusting the process here. I'm now going along a strategy. And you have to give strategy no matter what you're doing. Spend time researching them, but then commit to it. Commit to it for a certain period of time because I see a lot of people come up with a strategy, do it for a week, and then switch off and like, um, now I'm doing this. I'm not doing a podcast anymore. Now I'm doing TikToks. Oh, actually, YouTube's better. Now I'm doing YouTube. Mm-hmm. Pick, a, pick a road, go down it for a month, look back and go, right, what's happening here? Let's review. Mm-hmm. And you should see the signs. And obviously, you know, sometimes it happens quicker than others. But podcast is a perfect example of any kind of marketing. You know, it, it, it's a slow, gradual t- climb. There's no magic. We all wish there was like this viral moment where if I did one episode, it just goes bang. For me, anyway, my personal expertise, I haven't seen that. It's just a slow, gradual climb up. And that's, mm. that's I think it's the same with marketing. It's the same with, it's the same with business. Just keep showing up. Yeah, I agree with you. Completely agree. Actually, in terms of podcasting, so like you're into YouTube as well and you're using other means to grow up, grow, up, grow a brand. What's your general thoughts on actual podcasting in terms of engagement? So, you know, we have comment section in, in YouTube, which is highly interactive. People know where they stand. Not where they stand, but just, you know, there's public subscribers and things like this. You can see, whereas Spotify, you know, it's it's very closed network. Um, it's a bit more difficult to see the progress of someone. You could pick up a music artist and be like, is this person really well known? Unless you had YouTube, you wouldn't be able to kind of see 
mm. how kind of big it is like so how do you feel on it on, on yourself on like an actual personal note frustrates the life out of me being honest the biggest flaw in podcasting at the minute is that you've nowhere to chat to people you've nowhere and this is i literally launched something last week last week provides a private community just for listeners of the podcast because i just was so frustrated with spotify with apple podcasts or whatever they're calling it now it's chronic it's mm. so poor um it's so erratic as well and your podcast is so disparate and that's why i started putting certain things up on youtube because i'm like i need to be able to drive people to a place and have some sort of engagement with them and them to see going okay this guy is here exactly he always in po- he's on spotify he's on apple he's on youtube i think that's a massive someone's going to figure out my, my money is on spotify someone's going to figure it out really soon i think spotify is going to become for audio what youtube is for video that's kind of my bet for 2021 2022 they've been making some smart acquisitions it needs interaction with people because it's so one way at the minute we do a podcast, we chat away, we have the crack. It's a great fun medium. It's so interactive in terms of between me and you, but then we put it out there and people can't like, there's a barrier. There's just this glass wall. You're listening to it and you just, you're consuming and there's no like interaction going, Oh, I'd love to send Gary a message. Oh, I'd love to say, hey, lads, that was a really good point. Um, I'm actually using that in my business. So I, I get it through dribs and drabs. Some people DM me on Instagram, some people like yourself, LinkedIn messages, some email. It's so frustrating because yeah, I, I keep asking people for feedback on, oh, let me know what you're liking, what you're disliking. You just have to be kind of improving. And only last week I launched a private community because I was like, right, none of them are solving it quickly enough. I'm just going to launch a private community. It's going to be just for listeners of the pod. I'll get everyone together because people were sending me questions all the time. And I'm like, I don't really have the answer, but I can connect you to someone I know who does. And I'd be in the middle connecting them on, which is fine. But then that question might come in again two weeks later, or it might be coming in a different way. I have to reconnect with someone else who is with this. I can get direct feedback from people that are listening, but also the people that are listening are far more talented than I am and have far <laughs> exactly. more interesting businesses. So like, you'd be amazed who's listening. And I'm like, oh my God, that's class. He can now connect you to this guy. You need a coffee supplier. Oh, he's a coffee supplier. There's a packaging, you know, it's amazing. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to do is I want to connect people together so that it's not just me. Cause I I don't even think of people listening. If I'm very honest, when I'm chatting to you, I never really imagine anyone listening. And it's same when I'm doing the pod, I'm just so engaged with that person because for me, that's kind of the benefit is that I'm getting to like get a mentorship for an hour from this entrepreneur. And I get to ask them whatever I want. It's an unbelievable medium, you know, (laughs) incredible. Like, so I love seeing people like yourself do it. Cause I think it's just, it's the biggest hack ever for just like learning the content you want to learn really fast. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the original question, yeah, it's awful. And I think we're still very early in the podcast space because if that's like, that's just such a low barrier, that's just such a low thing to solve. So if that hasn't been solved, I'm super bullish on podcasting. That's I'm exact same as you, exact same. So like, I think, so I don't listen to Spotify for music. I listen to YouTube, quite controversial, but it's because there's no engagement there. And I don't like, and I don't have like the, the comment section. So then when I got into podcasting, I literally identified and I was like, there's no marketplace. There's no mean for people to come in and react. So this is my exact approach. It was like, if I just sit in here long enough and just ride the wave, 
there's going to be somehow some sort of Spotify change because like you have followers on Spotify. That's what I don't understand. So I have yeah. a couple of hundred followers, but none of those followers get notifications when I put up a, put up a post. They don't see uh, like a, a home feed. There's nothing like that. There's, there's no feed. There's no comments. There's no interaction with people. Lunker. So what I'm is trying it to find my own podcast? Exactly. <laughs> when I my, log my... on, I'm like, oh, go find <laughs> yeah. a link for your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so well, literally, my mom would be like, where is it? I can't find it. And I'm like, don't even bother looking for it. It's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that that's that's cool, man. That's cool. Like, you know, what other kind of like future thoughts you have? of it? Because it's interesting to get your thoughts on it. Because like, I never really taught people, heard people can like speak against it. Because most people are just like, throw it up. That's the end of it. And I was, I was like, I think there's going to be a lot more to come here. Like, you know, like what other realities do you think are to come for podcasting? That's the biggest one. I think there will be one winner, one major winner. Like, do you know what I mean? Like YouTube is, I don't go anywhere else to watch videos. I go to YouTube exactly. every day for maybe an hour and I watch videos, videos, videos on and on and on. It's the one place to go. Like you don't go on and you're like, oh, I'm on Vimeo. What? Yeah, <laughs> like, who's that. on Vimeo? Do you know what I mean? So like, I think there will become, the like the Apple podcast, it just blows my mind how bad it is. Like just... It's, it's all over the shop, like yeah. clearly not a priority for them, but still an appalling product. So I think Spotify has been a lot of money acquiring a lot of stuff like an ad network. Um, I think that's going to come. I think it'll be, it'll be like YouTube pre-rolls and then mid-rolls. So you'll, and back to your point earlier, I think there'll be a, an absolute spike of niche content where people have one and 2000 listeners a month who are super passionate, super into it whether it's like Lego collectibles, let's just say it's one thing and they have a podcast for Lego collectibles. There's 2000 people listening every month. They are hardcore Lego fans. I think there'll be ads served to them within someone's podcast of that. And they'll be specialized. They'll be highly niche. So I think that's something I think smaller creators will be able to then make some money from it. I think there'll be a, the monetization of podcasts is still sporadic as hell. You get some sponsorships, you get some like free stuff. I think it'll get more like YouTube whereby, okay, you can just turn on your AdSense. There you go. Hit the button. Okay. You've, you've like, okay, you have 500 downloads a month, hit the button. You're now, you're now an approved Spotify ad network. You can just play your ads. I think that's one thing that'll definitely have to happen. And I think that look interaction, that's the obvious one. You know what I mean? Yep. Because podcasts are such a beautiful medium and people get very into them. Like I'm listening to podcasts a huge amount every day twice from walking the dog and it's very immersive and i'm very passionate about what i'm listening to i think missing that literally comments just going hey love that episode brilliant because even just simple things like linking people like just being able to link whoever's on the pod and i can click through to your profile you can click through to mine you can link my instagram i can link my huge just simple things like that's why i think the ecosystem is so early that a lot's going to happen, I think, in the next kind of 12 to 24 months in the space. Mm. That's so cool to get your perspective on that because, like, if you pick up someone else, talk to someone on the street, you say, Oh, podcasting is saturated. Perfect example is RT put out an article last week and it was like three times the amount of podcasts were launched in 2020. Mm. And of that 3%, only 30% of them had only one and two episodes. So yeah. they're like, oh, it's 800,000 compared to 300,000 the year before. Firstly, 800,000 is one fortieth the size of, of uh, YouTube. So YouTube has like 40 million users at the moment. So it's still like incredibly small from that perspective. So 
yeah, it's just it's just funny. It's, it just depends on whose perspective you're looking at and thinking like, oh, it's growing, it's not growing. This mainstream media is a pretty lazy. It's a lazy opinion, to be honest. Mm. It's a lazy going. Oh, it's like when I see people on Twitter. Oh, the best thing I did in lockdown was not start a podcast. No one cares about your opinion, John. No one cares that you don't have a podcast. If you did, someone might care. At least you'd be putting yourself out there and at least you'd be doing something and contributing something. Like, I think it's just, it's a lazy argument. People are like, oh, podcasting is just so over. It's so 2020. People said that about websites. People said that about blogs. People said that about YouTube. People said that about social media. No one's going to want to see a picture of your dinner. You know, yeah. there's an, the internet's a wild place and there's enough people on it that you'll find your niche, you'll find your tribe, no matter what you're putting stuff out on, as long as you're consistent and that's it. And as long as it's good, as long as it's actually good, you know? Exactly. Oh, it's, it's like anything, like it's like business or anything. As long as you're doing it and you're doing it to a certain level, you'll find a core group of people who are just into the same stuff as you are. Yeah, of course, man. I completely agree. Completely agree. Thank you for your time, Gary. I must say, I really do appreciate it. You're doing loads of cool shit and, uh, I hope like, you know, a lot of the growth that I'll be getting, I hope that we work towards some of the stuff that you've built up because, you know, you've got into top ranks of Irish podcasting at the moment. And I've no doubt if you keep your own strategy going forward, it's going to keep on growing from there, you know. And there we have it for yet another episode of the Kickoff Sessions podcast. I would just say a huge thank you to Gary again for taking time out to give me a deep down breakdown of all things brand related, product related building a company related so it was a hugely valuable experience for me and it was also good to have fun and just chat a bit of shit on the internet if you enjoyed this episode i would say thank you i appreciate that it'd be cool if you drop me a spotify follow if you drop me a drop to share an episode even on linkedin if you drop to share on instagram that'd be cool too and you know as i said 7427 times previously that is pretty valuable towards growing building and all things kind of related so if you enjoyed this episode there's so much more coming uh, i'm really putting a lot of emphasis on you know building valuable content that people will actually learn shit from and it's not just like me talking absolute tripe on the internet all the time so hopefully this has been helpful hopefully you'll find the next episode helpful and until then i'll let's say thank you and goodbye